1: Suckers going up. The thing is, regarding merch, and you can leave this in because we're going to do this. This is the intro. By the way, hi, we're in the midweek footsie. But I don't think on merch you sell any socks on, on the merch store, which is a, a big, a big miss considering yeah, playing but- footsie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I approached T-Mill today and I begged them to make us socks and they said, well, we do hoodies and (laughs) t-shirts. But they also complimented us and said, we had a fantastic podcast name. So there you go. Thank you, T-Mill.
1: Oh, right. They've actually been in contact. Very, very nice. Uh, T-Mill, that's where we've uh, built our merch. And uh, if you wanted to buy any, feel free. Welcome, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. We will be your uh, proverbial socks to go on your Feet that we're going to play with in your mind <laughs> this, this week. Whoa, hang on a second. <laughs> I don't know. Where
0: are that we will play with in your feety mind? I don't know.
1: I was just playing. That this was like, strange. Uh, okay. This is staying in, is this it? Is- that was just verbal diarrhea um, that was just coming yeah, well. out. But welcome, everyone, to the Midweek Footsie, uh, where we answer a question, me and Steve D and Steve W. Uh, we just answer the questions which you've been asking in the comments or on the Discord or anywhere, really, just in the street. You know, if a homeless guy asks me a question to go on the plain Footsie podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it, even though he might not be able to see it. Uh, right, this week we have Simon Jackson who asks, Hey guys, uh, great Miss tweet Miss weet footsie, he spelled that wrong, but I think he's uh, mid-week, <laughs> midweek footsie saying that. Uh, here's a question for you. Of all the oil super majors, and I think there are about six of those, uh, which do you think has the best green cred- credentials? Cheers, guys. Mm. Cheers, Simon. So, uh, so we've got uh, the super... He is saying super majors, but I think uh, we can stretch this out to oil oil majors and, and further down the line as well. Because it's a huge, huge space right now. Uh, but we're talking BP, Exxon, Chevron, Shell. Keep going, Paul, keep going. You've got this. You've got this. There's two more. There's two more in there. And uh, I don't know. I've, I've lost them.
0: Total is probably one, is it?
1: Yep, mm-hmm. total's mm-hmm. one. Yeah, one more. Yeah, it might be. Uh, Sa- Saudi? Saudi Aramco? Mm-hmm. No, Coconut Phillips. Major? Oh, okay, Coco, okay. no, the good, good, go, Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, Conica Phillips is that's the other way one. On. Yeah, the ah. on, i Zorn. Yeah, gets away. So, so, those are the six super
2: it. majors. Uh, those are the six super majors. I started my looking on this because I thought it was quite an interesting question. I felt like it was a question that I really kind of would be interested in knowing an answer to if there was one available. Because when I think of um, green energy, I think there's something kind of importantly forward looking about that. That's the direction that energy is going. And when I think about who the major players in this are, I think that big oil companies have strong balance sheets. They're quite powerful. Um, and if they're going to be a part of that future, then I would like to kind of know about it. And if you could get a good read on that, then um, I think that's a really, really useful thing to have. So I think it's a really interesting question. And I had a lot of fun looking into this kind of thing. What I found was kind of, um, I suppose, uh, varied in these kind of things. I tried to look up on um, a site that I used for the playing footsie show at the weekend, um, I had a look at some ESG scores on Refinitiv, uh, and I particularly focused on the kind of environmental side of these for the big oil majors, and a couple of things sort of jumped out at me here. One is that these are all very high, um, in particular, uh, and this would surprise you for oil majors, uh, to the point of maybe making you wonder about how the Refinitiv scores work a little bit, there is a category for emissions, um, which is scored out of a hundred, and in alphabetical order, the emissions scores uh, an environment for BP, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell and Total are 96, 83, 81, 84, 97 and 93. Um, they have incredible emission scores uh, according to this, which makes me wonder exactly how these things are being measured, how these things are being assessed. Uh, so the closest I got was looking on Refinitiv. Um, I sort of wonder exactly... I get that it would be really nice to try and measure ESG things. I wonder, in principle, how measurable they are. If anyone's interested, the kind of two that came out highest here were Total and uh, Royal Dutch Shell, both with scores of 91 on the environmental specifically uh, side of things here. But um, that's the nearest I got to doing any kind of work into this qualitative stuff here. I find hard to judge. Um, I would offer you those numbers with... As much salt as um, you want to put on this kind of thing.
0: Steve? I'm going to add some salt. I wonder if they score this by the stickiness of the seagull. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. Um... So speaking. I think basically this is a this is a ba- <laughs> this is a battle of the greenwashers isn't it so this is this is what's really going to annoy me so you're going to read through all of these um all of these S1s and if you was an alien from from space and you didn't know what any of these people not allowed to call them aliens anymore Demi Lovato told us that was naughty um, <laughs> but um <laughs> but anyway uh, if you if you'd never seen an S1 before in your life you'd never seen an oil major in your life um when you read their swans, you would think they were planting flowers. And the truth of it is that most of them do 90% of their talking about green and only about 10% of their capex. Probably the best ones probably do. I think Shell might be even lower. Uh, I think I remember right that Shell had 90 pages in their last um, report. 78 of them were were talking about their green credentials. Four of them were on their financials. So that only left a few others to talk about oil. And I think it was 92% of their capex was spent on oil wells. (laughs) So that just kind of tells you that they're doing an awful lot of talking and not very much walking. So that's why I don't like any of them. Uh, if I was going to pick one of them, I would pick Equinor because they're being forced by the Norwegian government to actually be a lot more greener, and we all know Scandinavia is a hotbed for uh, for promoting green energy. They, they have so much green energy that they sell it to everybody else via a very big, um, via a big uh, electric line. Um, so they're the ones I would go for. The other obvious one is Alstead. Alstead uh, had a very uh, big oil and drilling and exploration um, system, and they sold a the lot. They sold everything to to become a green energy company and i I think also have one of the best missions i've ever read um and to put it in context it goes it's all nicely linked together and i don't know how i've managed it because i've done it off the top of my head (laughs) also say we are a renewable energy company that takes tangible action to create well that runs entirely on green energy and that is a dig to everybody else because they're doing it and not a lot of others are
1: I mean, in in their defence, total has moved over a lot from oil, and it's uh, but it's only moved into nuclear uh, as its a renewable energy source. So you know you can take that as what you will. Uh, Shell, you're talking about the report from two years ago, and they are slowly. Uh, in like adding more to capex and uh but a lot of it seems to be also going on broadband and taking on uh their new renewable energy delivery system uh as a utility company here in the uk where they just took about two hundred fifty thousand um customers from uh, it's not ball Busy, it's the other company that went bust green i think it was called was it uh that went bust recently, the utility company. So they've they've managed to get two hundred and fifty thousand new renewable energy companies. I think we've spoken about this on um uh the Playing Footsie podcast before that was that Shell mm-hmm. gets a hundred percent of its re- renewable energy delivered through its utility company from renewable sources, but it doesn't. It just buys green credits and it's all absolute shit um it's 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 all crap so having the best green credentials here is what we're trying to to help simon jackson with is very very tough because and i suppose this this spreads more into the wider world of greenwashing uh, do are, are we still so dependent on oil a lot of people especially in the discord we've got a lot of people who are very very pro evs and things like that and they they, they you know they're very very hardcore on uh the whole world being in renewable energy by 2030. You know, I, I don't disagree with that. I neither hear, I neither disagree or agree with that because I just don't know how reliable are we on oil still, and are these companies still allowed to greenwash? Because we still need them, basically.
2: I was reading today that in the UK in particular, I think we've restarted something like coal-fired power plants, right, because of problems around natural gas that we covered a couple of weeks ago on the the longer podcast. But uh, my suggestion is that if we're still using coal plants, then, yeah, we're fairly heavy. We're not there yet in terms of renewables. And occasionally we see these kind of events that that look like kind of bad PR for renewable energy. I'm not saying they actually say anything negative about renewable energy per se, but think about the Texas blackouts and stuff and kind of images of frozen turbines and stuff. They don't kind of look good uh, for green energy. And as much as uh, what the kind of oil majors have right here, I think, in a certain way, is that a lot of this is about how things look uh, one way or another, um, in terms of kind of their need or perceived need um, and dependency on them. So... I think we're at least a fair way away from thinking that green energy is a few, uh, well, from thinking green energy is kind of the present in a number of ways. And watching various green utilities going bust in the UK kind of drives that point home to me for thinking it's there
1: and ready to go yet. Mm. So with uh, having this idea of oil super majors, uh, uh, what's the investment case for them right now? Is there is so, there any investment case for them? Yeah.
2: Um, Here's an investment case for oil supermajors. I mean, it's fairly agnostic across all of them, right? So you might have to evaluate them all individually as to how you want to play this out. But a couple of things about them, I guess. Let's suppose for the moment we're right in thinking they're a declining business, and let's suppose they're no part whatsoever of the kind of green future. Um, So basically what you've got is however long until oil runs out, more or less, uh, or until we've managed to shift away from it. Lots of perfectly good businesses have been perfectly good investments, even though they've gone bust, right? So Berkshire Hathaway started with a textile mill, um, and it started with blue chip stamps, and it started with diversified retailing, and all of those were declining businesses. But if you can get in at the right kind of level there, there's enough to be had before they run out, more or less. They're not kind of forever things that are going to work very well, but in general, the oil majors, this is not true strictly of all of them, But they all pay pretty big dividends, uh, for what it's worth. And some of them, like Chevron, have decent kind of balance sheets. Uh, Others are a bit more variable. I'm less convinced by ExxonMobil, particularly. But um, my sense is that if you're a certain kind of dividend investor, probably not your kind, Paul. I struggle to see where the growth is coming from here. But uh, if you're the kind of dividend investor who is, I don't know, maybe late career or something, right? And thinking, I want something that's going to pay me a socking massive yield... um, It's not so long ago that Chevron and uh, the others were kind of really attractive. At the moment, oil prices are really high, which is pushing their share price up, driving their dividend yield down. But if you think at a kind of more careful time um, when when the world is looking a bit more sceptically at oil and we're not in the middle of a kind of natural gas shortage, uh, I think there might be something to be had there at the right price, even if you think it's not forever.
1: Yeah, um, I like I like that there. So if you think you've got uh, about ten years left to live, uh, you you can have yourself die with your investments uh, and the internal combustion engine as well, if you wanted to. Uh, by twenty thirty, if you think you're going to die, uh, invest in Shell. But Shell does have this uh, <laughs> weird story.
0: <laughs> this is why
1: Paul lost his job at the investment marketing firm. <laughs> Decline with your investments. <laughs> If you, um, uh, with Shell, and I liked, I liked the little, the little bit you touched on there. You talked through it very, very quickly. Uh, with Shell, it's trying to invent itself as a different business, and in some cases, a totally different business. And that's the bit that made me sell from Shell. They were basically saying they have more, um, uh, they they own more real estate than McDonald's and Starbucks combined i think they were saying at one point point. And, and they were going to make all of their uh, for, um all their places into basically supermarkets and i thought so Shell is just going to try and become a, a supermarket. I mean, that's no difference for to Berkshire Hathaway going from a textile company to an investment uh, firm. So, it, like you say, it can happen. But I don't like that story for, for Shell. And it's also the same with BP as well. Where is all this real estate they own?
2: Are they going to put a supermarket
1: in the middle of the North Sea? I think it's petrol stations, isn't it? Petrol stations—they <laughs> own Is all. Gonna, they, yeah. yeah, they own all the petrol stations. Basically, they own them all around the world. I think they own seventy-five percent of the petrol stations in the UK. Uh, they do, They lease a couple. But um, they own a lot of real real estate, which was surprising, and they plan to turn so- them all into electrical uh, charging points. And that was supposed to work sure. again. I don't, I don't see that story either because I personally feel that the way we're going to charge our electric vehicles is from the home. That's going to be the main charging point. It just makes a lot of sense. Steve D can probably say uh, concur with that because I, I doubt that you look around for charging points very often Uh, i've
0: charged my car once away from the home in two years it's just
1: not going to happen is it and and uh i've got a family member who actually ran out uh in cornwall um whether they were an idiot or not and just didn't look properly i that was my first thought i was like surely there's electric ports that uh in there to charge you i think he had an e-type and they they ran out in um in cornwall and had to get towed back by the by the aa um I, I, I thought you
0: were going to say the AA came with a Jenny and charged it or no, something like that. No, they, they tried.
1: <laughs> I think they tried to charge it by pulling it. So... Um... I think the AA guy had a, like a, an idea where he might be able to recharge the battery by by towing it a little bit and doing the regenerative. I think that
0: destroys the battery. I don't think that works. Once the Tesla's off, I'm fairly certain that'll destroy the battery. I
2: thought that. Yeah. Um, I thought it had to be lifted onto a flatbed or something, didn't it? If it that's right. Yeah. It does.
0: Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah just just, to
2: ha- just just just
0: just 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 to roll it back, but the reason the majors aren't moving so i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a little bit of a defense is that if one of them turns around one of these big majors turns around and says look we're not doing oil anymore we're just doing windmills um that's going to leave a huge gap in the market that needs to be filled and unfortunately that will get filled very quickly by one of the other super majors so they're all jostling for position they're all none of them want to make that immediate switch away in in case it's a bad decision So they're all trying to reduce their exposure to oil over a period of time. The problem is is that that is making the switch away from oil very, very slow. But it has to be slow because they're not making any money from green stuff at the moment. It's not a massive part of the portfolio, but that's besides the point. Oil at the moment is where they make the vast majority of the money. There's a lot of it, a lot of demand for the petroleum. There's a lot of demand for plastic based products, which is something people often overlook. you
1: know bioplastics
0: is going to be a thing of the future but we're not going to yeah. we're not going to immediately phase out standard plastic over that
1: yeah i think we i think you might be missing that one there because it's you know 70 percent of all oil production is through uh, internal combustion engines so that you know if if we we move away from internal combustion engine oil has a really really big problem that like that is a that's a that's the biggest one i think but Like you say, biomass, uh, Shell's very much involved in biomass, and Shell has this plan. I'm going to talk about Shell because I know the most about Shell, but Shell has the plan to go from oil to liquid natural gas and then to renewable energy. So that's what it sees as its step-by-step plan, and it does make a lot from liquid gas as well. So there's, there's a lot... To be said for that there, I personally, like out of the super oil majors, my bet was always on Shell. And it probably if I if I had a gun to my head right now and had to choose one, I'd probably go with that or Equinor because Equinor did move over and it it, it has quite heavily moved over. Uh, So, yeah, for me, I would say Shell because I think it's got the step by step plan there. I just don't like Where their where their actual revenue is going to come from, and what they see as this new business plan and this new era of dividend growth, what they call they they, that's what they called it in their last uh, (laughs) thingy day. Um, What do you think? Can you can you possibly do do one
2: for Steve? Um, Am I am I picking one of these six, or can I have something like
1: Equinor? You, you can, can have, have, you can have Dominion or Duke do. Energy if you wanted. You could go out so, even further, because okay, that, be so, en- that might be the answer.
2: Those are utilities, so they're a slightly different type of operation. If we're including utilities, I'll have Next Era for a green thing. Um, yeah. It's quite expensive at the moment, but basically what they do is uh, acquire and then more efficiently run um, other utility companies. Let's suppose for the moment we're not talking about those for the moment. So my pick here, if I were interested in this sort of space would be something more midstream. So I'd probably look at something like uh, Chenier Energy Partners, which is a liquid natural gas specialist, and they own a load of pipes in that kind of area. Um, Chenier are the kind of main or uh, best known, I think, of the LNG uh, specialists and their kind of partners and their infrastructure is where I would be looking at this kind of thing. I, I was hoping we would tackle this question a week ago um, in my head because uh, a shove in oil prices and a shove in energy has pushed the price on this up quite a bit in the last week or so. Mm. It's up about two and a half percent. It's up about twenty percent on the month or so, and it looked a lot more attractive twenty percent ago. So uh, six and a bit percent dividend at the moment used to be about an eight and a bit percent dividend that looked quite attractive uh, for my money because I think LNG has more of a future to it than oil does um, and I think that Chenier will do alright there but that's where I kind of look, of the majors uh, hard to know, um, probably Chevron or Total, I don't know much about Total to be honest
0: Yeah, I would have gone Total or Equinor as my major and if he was, if we were allowing Nextera in, I would go Nextera or Eberdrola, they're, they're the two I mm-hmm. would have looked at. Yeah,
1: Iberdrola yeah it's um i I suppose what the main question here i think what simon's probably getting at is is there value here is there value in oil majors and could you possibly consider any of these like exxon or chevron or shell or bp could you consider any of them at value at the moment even though they had that they've had quite a run-up recently
2: At the moment, no. I could consider a way in which they would be, but oil prices are high at the moment. So oil prices, of course, went into the tank about a year ago, right? They went into negative territory not so very long ago, sort of 18 months or so ago. And when they did, I remember watching CNBC because that was what I watched at the time. And, I mean, Becky Quick was making the point that, and she's not wrong, the dividends they were offering out at those prices with oil in negative territory and them in deep trouble, one of two things is happening. Either those yields are once-in-a-lifetime yields at sort of 12% or so, Or they're getting cut. Um, And I was Mm -hmm. looking today at Chevron and Exxon, so the two kind of US-based ones are those. I didn't look at Phillips; It wasn't quite such a high yield. But those dividends didn't get cut. They have survived. There's a question of whether Exxon can keep theirs going. Um, Chevron, I think, are in reasonable shape to keep paying theirs. But if you got in back then, um, and shout out to kind of Vadvas, who was, I think, holding a lot of oil stuff uh, from the Discord around that point, and was deep, deep, deep in the red. But as far as I'm aware, he held and he held and he held and he held, and he must be well in the green by now, and collecting some pretty nice dividends along the way. Um, So if I were an oil person, I wouldn't panic in that situation.
1: It's hard not to panic in that situation, seeing oil go to Mm -hmm. minus 35 and go, holy crap. I I held through and... until i went green again unfortunately i was one of them horrible paper-handed bastards there um but also uh what's the other mlp that's really really popular in the discord is it EPD. Enterprise
2: products, yeah, yeah, EPD is really popular. Um, uh, Magellan Midstream is another thing. I mean, we could do a whole other thing on um, MLPs. They're an interesting yeah, kind of operation. Do. Energy transfer, energy is transfer. One of them too. Yeah. Um, these things pay big dividends. They're structured a bit like REITs, and since they have to keep chucking all their profits out again, um, and uh, they come in sort of variable, different sizes and qualities and uh, yields and so on and so forth. So and of course,
0: lots the tax to talk break. About there, but yeah.
1: Uh, The tax break as well, which I think that's the popular bit on the Discord is it's uh, because it's an MLP structure. It isn't we don't pay the 15 percent withholding tax on it. And we also don't pay any tax. If you hold it in an ISA, so you get a nice big yield that's relatively safe, apparently, because these are all gas lines, and they like gas seems to not be going anywhere at the moment, and uh, it's possible that when the gas does go, it just gets replaced with another gas. So there could be something in that as, as far as a renewable play goes. So, so there are some smart smart fuckers in the uh, Discord at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can uh, put... Put a new intro on this, poll. and we could put this out as next week's uh, full podcast and just have the week off. <laughs> yeah. We're only 20 Let's minutes Let's do MLPs in. while we're here. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah... Berkshire
0: uh... Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway is a big energy company. They've got a lot of <laughs> gas
1: pipes.
2: <laughs> got an enormous It's got a lot of gas pipes. Pays no dividend whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, all right, then. Uh, Simon... Um... Did we answer that question? I don't even know. <laughs> but um, there, there is a lot of information there. These guys have given a lot of, of good information. So hopefully you've taken something away from that, which was basically, forget about oil these days. Sorry, Vadvas. Um, you probably don't want to hear that. But maybe maybe there's something in gas pipes and maybe there's something there. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Midweek FTSE. Uh We'll see you on Sunday, hopefully. I'm amazed how many people own stocks.
0: I'm amazed how many people own stocks.
1: The sucker's going up.